Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. You've heard of the dog days of summer? Well, this show is just the dog of the summer. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you right here in the dog days of summer. It is August, and I am excited because on, on Thursday, we drive up to Columbus, Ohio for the first pipe show I get to go to in uh, 21 months. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, anyway, on this week's show, uh, thanks to listener Nick, I'm going to do a review of Cornell and Deal's Small Batch Sun Bear. It's uh, the, uh, the limited production one. Uh, this one was from uh, June of 2020. Uh, he sent it to me. I got to play around with it. And it was interesting. And then my guest is uh, a novice pipe smoker and uh, somebody who's doing some good stuff on YouTube. It's Kevin the Hobbiton Piper, so we get to hear that. Uh, music by request, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And I just want to follow up with uh, the JDRF fundraisers, $2,576 and a few pennies. So thank you very much, everybody. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, to the best of my calculations, in uh, eight years of doing this, we're over $16,000 all going to help find a cure and uh, treatments for those dealing with type 1 diabetes. So thank you all, and I promise I will stop asking you for money for at least another year. So there, you, you can put your wallets away. Uh, you just may have to buy a pipe or some tobacco or two. Yeah. Uh, so that's the other thing I've been doing is going around the, uh, going around the interwebs and uh, looking to see what uh what pipe prices are recently and what pipe tobaccos you know vintage or whatever that i may want to keep an eye out for at the uh, columbus pipe show so you know again part of my pipe show preparation is you know know what the know what the market value is start looking at those people that are exhibiting and uh, see who might be there and see what they've got and you know get a target list of tobaccos that i want to look for so this one, because it's been 21 months since my last pipe show, I've been um, prepping for a couple of days now. So looking forward to it. Hey, if you're there, you know, wave hi, you know, whatever, come on over. Hope to sit down and have a have a bowl or two with everybody. Uh, just looking forward to it. So a lot of fun. Anyway, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. And 
And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and tobacco review time. It is uh, Sun Bear from Cornell and Deal, the small batch. And this is from uh, June of 2020. I believe there was just a recent release a couple months ago. Uh, anyway, it's described on uh, tobaccoreviews.com and on the back of the can as a blend of finest red and bright Virginias. Balanced by Bosma Leaf from 2014 and Izmir Orientals from 2013, Sunbear showcases select varietals by highlighting their inherent characters with a range of unique and nuanced casings. South Carolina gardener, garden-grown honey harvested from the personal beehives of C&D's head blender Jeremy Reeves combines with a whisper of silver tequila and elderflower to augment the fruity and floral notes of the choice Orientals and Virginias. So that's what I got to smoke. And I will say that this one, it, I, I'm going to, I, I'm, I'm going to come right out and say, this is an aromatic more than it is a Virginia. Uh, I, didn't read the description first when I smoked it, and then I went back and read the description and everything and started searching for the Orientals and the uh, Elderflower and all that stuff. And I found that in a small pipe, I could pick up hints of the Orientals, uh, but I was dominated by the Yellow Virginias or the Bright Virginias and the, uh, and the Honey Flavor. Uh, in a small pipe, I found that the uh, that it just started, to, it got hot, and I had to be really careful with it. And of course, I tried rubbing it out all the way. I tried the tuck and fold, worked better with the tuck and fold. Uh, then I went to a, a brand new Missouri Meerschaum corn cob, which is going to be smaller than what my briar pipe was, uh, but this tobacco sang beautifully in that corn cob and I'm now going to dedicate that cob to this tobacco and finish it off just in that cob because in that cob I got some of the natural sweetness of the tobaccos I got the sweetness of the honey I didn't get anything that overpowered me and the cob handled the uh, handled the heat better than the small briar did uh, I tried it in a larger bowl to see if maybe I could pick up some stuff in the, you know, in a larger briar and it was able to, it did cool it down, but didn't cool it down dramatically. Uh, but I, and, and let me just sum this up bef with my opinion on this, which I am the leading expert on my own opinion. Um, one, this is an aromatic two. It's a complicated aromatic and of course I'm not real good at picking out all those little tiny little nuance things but three uh, this is the best aromatic I think I've ever smoked its flavors are real uh, the tobacco and the and the toppings don't overpower each other although I classify this as an aromatic because it is primarily the flavor of the honey of what I was picking up uh, and just knowing that, uh, you know what, <laughs> I got to have Jeremy Reeves honey. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a nice little touch to it. Uh, I think in, I, I don't think that aging is going to, um, you know, I don't think aging is going to benefit this too much. I think if you've got some, 
I think you need to smoke it now. And again, the tin that I was given was done in 2020. So it's been sitting in the can for over a year. I wonder what it would taste like fresh. Maybe what I maybe I'd pick up more of the tequila or more of the Orientals if it was you know dead on fresh out of there. So uh, that's you know my thoughts by it. Uh, on tobacco reviews, there is a really well written review by a guy named Civil War, and he calls it a mild to medium, mild flavoring, mild to medium in taste, and a pleasant room note. Then he writes, uh, the elderflower and silver tequila topping give it a unique flavor and aren't heavy-handed. Just enough. You notice it at first, and then the Virginia's Bosma Leaf and Izmir Oriental Flake take the driver's seat. The honey adds a small bit of sweetness to the flake, but not too much. Just enough to complement the Virginia's. The flake is not too moist out of the tin. All in all, I really enjoy this tobacco. So what is elderflower? Elderflowers are creamy white blooms from elder trees. Elderflowers are edible, and so are the elderberries that grow on the shrubs later in the summer. Uh, elderflower, elderflower tastes have been described as light and floral, floral and fragrant, subtle yet heady, distinctly musky and sweet. Uh, elderflowers are used to make St. Germain liquor and have been made popular by its use in Prince Harry and Meghan's <laughs> and Meghan Markle's wedding cake. So <laughs> there you go. You got you got a whole handful of stuff with that. Uh, but there's an education for you on elderflowers. Um, I think elderflower is often sometimes used in in some of the gins as well. So uh, anyway, uh but again, this is an interesting blend. This is one of those tobaccos where I'm pretty sure whatever taste you are more sensitive to is going to be the one more dominant. And this is also one where I found that, uh, you know, the, the, the medium that you smoked it in changed it dramatically. So poke around and really work on it. And I will say that this is one that is perfectly suited for a slow smoke on a summer evening and yeah i'm picturing sitting out on the front porch or if you're at your favorite coffee place and you're outside and you can smoke there and the people around you will absolutely love the smell i think this would work well with coffee as well uh, i didn't try it with coffee because i didn't want to overpower any of the flavors or any of the delicate nature but yeah, I could see a, uh, I I could see a cappuccino in this. Yeah, although I like cappuccino and I like a pipe, so either way. All right, comments, questions, email me Brian at pipesmagazine dot com. Uh, if you have a tobacco that you would like for me to review, email it to me and let me know what you want to what you want me to uh, dig into for you. All right, in just a moment, uh, Kevin the Hobbiton Piper. This is Internet Radio. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, 
bold latakias, spicy pariks, or unique aromatics. We've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellandDeal.com. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is a YouTuber, a novice pipe smoker, and uh, and I gotta say, somebody who does YouTube videos that are not just you know bare shirted sitting in your pickup truck or uh, you know lounging around your garage. So that, it, it's really nice to see. Uh, the YouTube channel is the Hobbiton Piper. So we have uh, Kevin, the Hobbiton Piper. Welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Well, thank you so much, Brian. This is really an honor for me. I'm so thankful that you invited me. And, and going forward, I'm just going to refer to you as Hobbiton or Mr. Piper or the Hobbiton Piper because we have Kevin Godby, who we all know. We have Kevin, my son. So there's too many Kevins. So I, I don't need another Kevin in my life. So we'll just refer to you as Mr. Piper or Hobbiton or Hobbiton Piper. Does that sound good? Hobbiton, Hobbiton Piper sounds great. Okay. All right. So um, let's get your superhero origin story. Uh, where'd you, you know, where'd you grow up? Did you grow up? Uh, was it in witness protection? Have you grown up? And what did you want to be when you grew up? I'm not sure that I've actually grown up yet. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was young, I wanted to be a fireman, but that didn't work out either. So I was born and raised in central Arkansas about 50 miles northeast of Little Rock, so that's where the accent comes from. Mm -hmm. I uh, moved to western Arkansas for my first job out of college. Stayed in that area for the first half of my career, and then I moved to the southwest Missouri area in 2014. So I've, I've been here in Missouri ever since. And when did pipe smoking come into your life? Obviously, it's been in the past couple of years, but when and how? Well, really what brought me to pipe smoking was Tolkien's Middle Earth, specifically The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. I'm a big fan of Peter Jackson's movie versions of those stories, and all of this really got me interested in pipe smoking. So I tried my first pipe many years ago, probably in the late 90s, actually, with an Angelo wood pipe that I believe I picked up either at Walmart or Walgreens. I can't really remember. <laughs> and uh, got some pipe tobacco that was sitting beside it. And it just didn't really agree with me at the time. I don't think I had the patience for it back then. So I really didn't come back to trying pipe smoking again until it's been it's been just over three years ago now. So uh, I started watching Mutton Chop Piper on YouTube and Bradley at Stuff and Things. And then I bought a corncob pipe with some house black Cavendish blend that was recommended to me by my brick and mortar and started there. And now three years later, I have my own Hobbiton Piper YouTube channel that I started on May 11th. So it's been quite a ride so far. Now, let's go back to the Tolkien stuff. Did Have you actually read all the books? I have read his major works um, okay. a couple of times. But really, my fandom is more toward the movies, I would say. I've, yeah. I've certainly watched those movies more than I care to admit and really connected with them on a deep level um, for many reasons. But... Um, I'm just a, I'm really a big fan of that very, very detailed world that, that Tolkien created. 
and, and, you know, the movies are... So I read the books back when I was a teenager. You know, read them and read them actually in paper on paper. You know, sorry, you young kids. You know, things came on paper <laughs> and you had to turn the pages, and sometimes you'd cut your finger on it. Um, but I actually read them. I then I haven't read them since then. But everybody that I know and talk to about the Lord of the Rings. And it really says that the movies are just a really good representation of the books, and I have to agree. They really are. I mean, they, they are two different things. You've got the the book version, I guess, and then Peter Jackson's representation of it in film form. But I just thought he did a fantastic job. And some people kind of hate on the, the Hobbit mm-hmm. trilogy, but but I thought, again, for what he was trying to do, and you know, giving the fans more of Middle Earth and the way that that was done, I really enjoyed those as well. I enjoyed the entire series, and and uh, I think we're really blessed to live in a in an age where we got to to see those come out when they did, and and that they're still fresh and actually current today. If you were to watch them today, um, they still hold up on their own pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I guess my only complaint with the Hobbit is that the did it really need to be a trilogy? Uh, you know, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people do say that and, and I understand that, but you know what? I wouldn't give up a single second of that film of, of any of those three films. I, I enjoy them very much. I would really like for, I would have really liked for him to make, to have made the Lord of the Rings into, you know, six movies. So, so two, two per book and feature much more of Liv Tyler in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly well if you watch the extended editions it'll feel like you're watching twice as many movies because <laughs> they're long but but it is a it is a fun ride yeah i have the, i have the uh, i have the director's cuts um which is like which is literally like he didn't cut anything so um so yeah um so let, let's go back again so when you when you got back to that brick and mortar you know you got into a decent pipe and stuff and then you had did they try to help you with how to pack a pipe and all that stuff? No, not at all. Uh, they just they just said, "Here's what you should start with. This is what everybody likes." And they just handed me some, you know, some sort of like I said, mainly black Cavendish, and sent me on my way. And I was on my own at that point. And I really don't have any anyone here locally to smoke a pipe with. So I was it was just me and YouTube and just figuring things out. Yeah. All right, so cool. All right, let's get into your questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. You survived getting started smoking a pipe. What was your aha moment that got you past the trial period? Yeah, that's a great question. I had it in my mind starting out that I was doing something wrong if I couldn't keep the pipe lit from start to finish. And what ends up happening when you do that, when that's your mentality, is that as the pipe starts to die down, you just start sucking on that pipe harder and harder and fighting with it. And it just becomes a chore instead of being relaxing. So the aha moment for me was, hey, you don't have to do that. Just relight the pipe. I mean, relax, relight as many times as you need. And that was a real aha moment for me, for sure. So it was more about the pacing of of the enjoyment than trying to race through it exactly exactly and and i'd say a second aha moment for me was when i realized just the huge range of flavors that can be experienced with all the available pipe tobacco blends i remember the first time i smoked seattle pipe club's plum pudding for example and it was just this 
full meal burst of flavors. And I was like, wow, there's a lot to explore here. And then when I cracked open my first in Orlick Golden Sliced and that enjoyable simplicity of the bready citrus qualities of that blend, I just became fascinated by the range of flavors that can be experienced. And I was hooked after that. Have you played around with how a tobacco does, how a tobacco smokes differently in different pipes? Yes, different pipes, different times of the day, uh, different ways in how you pack it. Um, there's a lot of variables, aren't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's why I say you get two pipe smokers in the same room, you'll have seven different opinions and they're all right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. All right, your second question is, what tobaccos did you try based on a recommendation that you did not like? Captain Black Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> it just tasted very artificial to me. I don't want to offend anyone that may love that blend, but it just became almost sickly sweet the more I smoked it. And and I do have cherry blends that I like. Colt Blood Red Moon, for example. Mm -hmm. um, I really like that blend. I think it's got some nice layers of flavor within it. But... Captain Black Cherry, that just didn't cut it in terms of quality of flavor for me. Now, I've never tried Captain Black Grape, so that might be worse. <laughs> now, now, which hobbit in the Shire was the one that recommended Captain Black Cherry to you? Because I, I think we need to have a talk with them. That would definitely have been Pippin. And, yes, you need to have a talk with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right uh speaking of that why didn't we see you on the trilogy i mean why didn't you go out on the on the adventure are you one of the were you like the the really fat lazy hobbit in the shire sitting there and didn't want to go anywhere no i was the one bellied up to the bar at the green dragon inn and they just skipped me completely so oh okay so you're so you're like the nighttime hobbit yes yes <laughs> All right, we're, I'm going to stop abusing him, and uh, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with the Hobbiton Piper. So stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with YouTube's own Hobbiton Piper, who apparently has a, a drinking problem at the Green Dragon Inn. But we don't want to talk about that. You know, we're we're not here to we're not here for an intervention. But uh, are you, are you ready for your next question? Yes. So, how has your preference in pipes changed over time? You know, bent versus straight, large, small, smooth, rusticated. Yeah, at first, I was all in on rusticated bowls. I'm not much of a clincher, so I'm usually holding the bowl. And I found that rusticated bowls just didn't get as hot. Uh, but now, as I've improved my cadence and I'm more skilled in keeping the bowl cool naturally, I'm becoming more interested in smooth bowl designs where you can actually see and appreciate the grain of the wood. Um, I, would, I guess I was also initially drawn to smaller bowl shapes because when you're just starting – 20 minutes of smoking can feel like a long time, but now that I enjoy a 
45 minutes of full hour smoke when I have time to sit that long. I'm enjoying larger bowls. And I'm finding that certain tobaccos are benefiting from the larger bowl size and blends that previously would, for example, attack the back of my throat or give me any sort of, you know, issues are sometimes much more tame in a larger bowl, like the Savinelli 320 shape, for example. So um, yeah. I'm pretty I'm a pretty big fan now of, of the larger bowls for a lot of the blends that I smoke. And when you're talking larger bowls, you're not just talking deeper. You also mean wider, so... More. exactly exactly and and you would have to educate me on why that might be i'll give you an example um one of the unicorn blends that i was able to score a bag of one time was esoterica's peace haven and when i would smoke that in a smaller bowl it would i love the flavor of it but it would oftentimes over the smoke just kind of make the back of my throat irritated well ever since i've been smoking that in a rossi 8320 that i just recently got it is just eliminated that completely and so that's very interesting and maybe it has something to do with how it's able to keep the tobacco cooler on the way to me you know the smoke on the way to me i'm not sure but maybe you can educate me on that right now you are you are experiencing the laws of physics a more condensed area of burn burns hotter and burns faster than a larger area of burn which would burn slower and burn cooler so the wider the wider tobacco chamber when you draw in on it you're having less of an impact on a on it than if it was a narrower tobacco chamber which you have more impact on it that makes perfect sense yeah so welcome to, welcome to physics school with doctor of pipes um yeah <laughs> yeah the laws of physics now uh, Let's uh, let, let's deviate for a minute. And how many pipes are in your rotation now? Well, in my rotation, I would say I really only smoke about eleven pipes. Um, I have a few cobs. I have a couple Savinelli's. I have a Chacombe. I have a, a Perinelli. Um, you know, things like that. Uh, I I think I own eighteen. I think I only own eighteen pipes. I smoke about eleven of those. So. I may give away a couple soon as part of a subscriber giveaway or something. I really, to this point, don't need a ton of pipes. I've, I've always got my eye on the next pipe, <laughs> so I assume that number is going to naturally grow over time. But uh, in my rotation, I would, I would have eleven that, that I smoke regularly. Now, how often do you get to sit down and smoke your pipe? Yeah, I'm not a daily smoker. I, I would say I smoke. I do probably smoke five times a week, uh, well, five days a week. And there'll be a couple of days in there that I just either don't have time or I normally smoke outside. In fact, I only smoke outside unless I'm in the garage. So if it's super, super hot, super, super cold, I may skip the smoke that day. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not something I do every day. But when I do, it's not uncommon for me to smoke a bowl, you know, maybe with some coffee in the morning and then another bowl in the evening yeah so then with 11 pipes you're giving them plenty of time to rest in between and you're and you're good to go you got it all right speaking of pipes your fourth question is what was your holy grail pipe when you started smoking a pipe and what is your holy grail pipe now so my holy grail pipe was a vowen Fowlinland, is that how you say that? Fowlin? It's, it's yeah. spelled Vaughn, but I think it's pronounced 
Vowen, is that right? Yeah, Vowen, the, the German brand. There you go. Yep. Well, they have a series of pipes honoring Middle Earth and uh, the Allenland series. And I specifically like the Aeron Smooth, E-R-O-N Smooth pipe in that line. And this is still very much a pipe that I hope to own someday. But now I realize that a true Holy Grail pipe for me is likely going to be a unique one-of-a-kind artisan pipe, a pipe that's made from start to finish by one artisan. So, for example, there's a relatively new pipe maker who's still honing his craft, but he's making themed pipes, and I've currently commissioned him to make me a pipe with the face of Treebeard from The Lord of the Rings carved into, you know, a sculpted freehand briar bowl, and I'll, of course, showcase that when I get it. But I think it's going to be those type of of uh, artisan pipes that are really going to end up being the pipes that I seek out the most as I move forward. So you're kind of stepping your game up a little bit now. I think so. I think so. I, uh, I think I'm to a point where I can begin to do that slowly. Um, always on a budget, but trying to make sure I make good choices when I, when I do purchase pipes. You mean there's not money trees all over the Midwest there growing and just dropping <laughs> hundreds off of them? If there are, I have not found one yet. Yeah. All right, your next question is, what are a few of your favorite guests from past episodes and why? I'll tell you, this novice, novice Smoker series, for me, it's been fantastic. I've been able to relate to so many of the stories and comments from these guests, and it's really been enjoyable. I did really enjoy the Eric Weaver episode. Mm -hmm. I, I love listening to humble people who seem to have an old soul, and he seems to be one of those people, you know what I mean? Yeah, Eric Weaver, the and, potter. Yes, yes. And, and of course, I enjoyed your interview of Bradley at Stuff and Things. That comes to mind just because he's such a big name, and, and it was interesting to hear his, his thoughts and answers to some of these types of questions. Yeah, and for some, sometimes, with especially with like the YouTube guys, it's nice to turn the, you know, turn the questions around, and they, get to, and they have to answer them, and uh, they're not used to it sometimes. So we get, we get some right. juicy stuff. Um, all right. Your next question is what is your favorite thing to do while smoking a pipe? Well, besides making content for the channel now, it's, it's really, by the way, been a very therapeutic creative outlet for me to do that. Um, I've really enjoyed, I made a lot of friends already. Uh, it's, it's been a fun experience. Uh, normally though, uh, when I'm smoking a pipe, I just enjoy doing nothing. I just like to sit and relax and meditate, contemplate, just generally unplug, you know? So occasionally I'll listen to some relaxing music as well, but usually I'm just just sitting either on my front porch or my back deck and just just relaxing and enjoying the sounds around me. And and you're you're not a you're not a young kid, but you grew up in the age of the internet and email and multimedia and stuff like that. So I'm I mean, I'm noticing a trend more and more where people are really liking the fact that with the pipe, you don't have to do anything with it. Yes, that's exactly right. In fact, the way I enjoy it the most is just to load it up and just sit down and and just try to get away from the screens. It's just everything's a screen now. It's it's a screen at work. It's a screen on your phone. It's a screen when you watch TV. It's It's laptops. It's tablets. It's... It's just a bunch of screens, and I, I really do enjoy getting away from that. However, 
I do have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you can only watch on the screen as far as I know. So, um, but when I, when I'm ready to unplug from all that though, um, I do enjoy just, just sitting and relaxing with my pipe and just looking out into nature. So is that where you come up with some of the ideas for your, for your intros and your videos? Cause I mean, you, you just, you know, you've got just some beautiful imagery in your videos that's, you know, has nothing to do with pipes. It's just probably whatever's out your backyard or caught your eye. That's exactly right. I, um, I love bird watching. I have a lot of bird feeders up. I think I've attracted 36 different species of birds to date to wow. my backyard and, and many of them return year after year and throughout the year. So I have multiple feeding stations up, places for them to get water, places they can, you know, raise young if they need to. And, and it's, it, there's just a lot of nature just right outside my back door. And we have cottontail rabbits and, and squirrels. And you know, there's just a lot to look at. And we've even had an occasional red fox run through the backyard. So there, there's a lot of, a lot of nature. And I try to capture some of that when I see it um, and, and share that with people. Yeah, I was going to say, with all those bird feeders out, I bet you got some really fat squirrels, too. <laughs> well, actually, um, the majority of my feeders are considered squirrel-proof. They're built in a way where when, when the squirrel jumps on the cage of the feeder, that cage shuts over the feeding ports, and they can't get to the seed. So uh, they figure out real quick that that's a, a lost effort, and they leave them alone. So I don't have... Uh, I don't feed the squirrels much unless the birds drop some on the ground. I guess they'll get that. Yeah, that's what happened with us. But <laughs> <laughs> I had some squirrels that were so fat they were they were taking elevators up the trees. I bet, yeah. Uh, your seventh question is, you get to ask me a question. Anything you want to know? Well, I have a good one. Uh-oh. So, is it true that you were the one that was in charge of selecting and sending tobacco to the Lord of the Rings movie set for the cast to smoke during filming? And if so, can you confirm once and for all the blends that were used on set? I want to know every detail you're willing to share about this. So I think I've told this story before somewhere. Maybe it wasn't here on the show, but uh, I was working for Peter Stokeby here in the U.S. And we got a phone call from Southern California and it was a retailer there that had sold some tobacco to a guy that was working in, that had to go to New Zealand for work. And he was a regular pipe smoker and he smoked Peter Stokeby's PS24 Nougat under whatever the store name was that they called it. Uh, but he was in New Zealand and wanted to know where he could get some more of that tobacco because he's run out and it was going to be another two or three years before he could get home and he's got a whole bunch of other people hooked on it. So we ended up email corresponding with a production company name of some sort in New Zealand and figured out a way to ship a master case which is 40 pounds of peter stokeby's ps24 nougat to wow. new zealand and they paid full price for it they paid all the duties going into new zealand they paid the shipping i mean it would have been almost cheaper for them to grow the tobacco there but yeah <laughs> impossible and then i'd always wondered what happened with that tobacco 
Then you got to fast forward a couple of years later, and I get a phone call from a from a from one of our accounts in Portland, Oregon, that says I have a guy in here that was in New Zealand working on the Lord of the Rings and said that you guys provided the tobacco that they smoked on the set and everybody loved. What was it? I said it was PS24 Nougat. They said, great, we know what that was. We'll call you back. Perfect. Okay, no problem. A day later, I get a phone call back from them, and it turns out that Sean Aston was in Rich's Cigar Shop in Portland, Oregon, looking for that same tobacco and couldn't remember what the name of it was and also didn't know what Rich's sold it as. So that's what? the confirmation that when there were when the actors were doing actual smoking on set and offset, they were smoking PS24 nougat. That is such an amazing story. That is. Do you know anything about the Hobbit movies? If what they smoked on set there for that trilogy? No clue because that was all done after I'd left Peter Stokeby, and at that point there was also a lot of internet retail. So. Yeah, when 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 the original Lord of the Rings trilogy was being shot, that was two thousand one, two, three, somewhere around That's there. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then they were there for two or three years shooting it, and then by that, by the time they got around to doing the Hobbit, yeah, who knows? And and it could have also been that you know New Zealand's tobacco laws got so restrictive that they may not have been able to use practical smoke. So. Mm -hmm. And they may have had to use that magic smoke. <laughs> they may have. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how I know. Uh, Sean Astin ended up doing an interview and a cover for Pipes and Tobacco's magazine. Uh, so there's an issue of that. I can't remember what year it was. But, uh, but yeah, he's he's talked about it. We've tried to get him yeah, to come on the show and reached out to his people. <laughs> he's got people. I've got Kevin Godby. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the answer to that story. Thank you so much. That is, yeah. that is so cool. Yeah. All right. If you're ready, you get the fast five final questions as well. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Okay. Let's do it. So what is your favorite pipe? As of today, it's a Perinelli Sardinian Briar pipe that I found at a flea market. For an absolute steal. <laughs> <laughs> and did you clean it up yourself? It was fairly clean when I bought it, but yes, I, I continued working on that, got as clean as I could. It just is a wonderful pipe. And what is your favorite tobacco? Well, my favorite accessible tobacco as of today is Orlet Golden Sliced. If I was going to have to pick a favorite unicorn blend, it'd be hard to beat Penzance. You mean Orlick Golden Slice, the Perique bomb that it isn't? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The yeah. Perique bomb that it is not. Yes. There's no Perique in it. Uh, <laughs> what, what is your, uh, when you belly up to the bar at the Green Dragon, what is your favorite drink? Well, for beer, it's a Boulevard Tank 7. And for a mixed drink, it'd be a Maker's Mark Bourbon and Coke. Boulevard's the uh, Kansas City beer company that sold big time. That's correct. Yeah. See, I know something. You got it. Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Well, for relaxing, it's music. I 
I do love movies, but I get really invested in them. So for me, that's not always <laughs> relaxing. So I'd have to say music. I either get really invested in the movie or I'm asleep. One or the other. <laughs> I'm the exact same way. Yeah, there there is no no middle for me. Um, and then finally, a favorite pipe smoking related memory of your short pipe smoking time. Well, this is not a shameless plug. This is for real. I uh, On May 11, when I sat down and just turned on that phone to record me sitting outside to record my very first intro video, really, for the Hopton Piper channel, I, I will never forget that because it seemed weird at first because you're just talking to your phone or your camera, yeah. and it seemed a little odd. But then in just a few seconds, it felt really comfortable. And I just imagined myself talking to a friend and and just started talking about, like I have with you today, just my background and and how I came to pipe smoking and, and all the things I had learned on YouTube and wanted to give back, wanted to give back to, to the community that was watching about pipe smoking. And I'll just never forget that experience because it really has kick-started something special for me. And I... I hope it can be a blessing to people. Do you know still to this day, and we're talking 400 and blah, 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 blah episodes, I still have in my, up on the screen somewhere, a picture of one of the listeners so that when I'm talking, I look at them. That is such a great idea. And right now I have your YouTube channel up in front of me, so I'm looking at you while I'm talking. Well, thank you so much. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because otherwise you're talking to a thing. So there you go. Um, it is Hobbiton, H-O-B-B-I-T-O-N, Piper, P-I-P-E-R. If anybody on this, anybody that listens to this show doesn't know how to spell Piper, um, you need to quit <laughs> now. Um, Hobbiton Piper on YouTube. Check them out. There, I mean, there's actual video production here. And... Um, Nobody in a garage, nobody in a truck. So thank you for doing that. And uh, thanks for coming on and visiting with us. Thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate it. And we'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking pipes in faithful service of the hobby. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. So everybody run over to YouTube right now. Go ahead. Search Hobbiton Piper and click subscribe and uh, take a look at his videos. And uh, take a look at the little intro video that he's got. Anyway, a uh, lot of fun getting to hang out with uh, with Kevin. So. And now for music, we go to uh, 
uh, a while back, uh, my friend uh, Dino, the musical, the honorary musical director of the Pipes Magazine radio show, said, uh, sent me an email. And Dino says, uh, Brian, you say you're getting to like strings. Here's an amazing confluence of Disney, Jack Sparrow, and two cellos. Dino. And uh, Dino, who I've gotten to see more often than he would probably like through our Saturday Zoom group, uh, you know, due to all this world stuff, uh, knows that, yes, I, I do like this piece. So the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, which had some pipe smoking in it, and uh, this is the, uh, the Hans Zimmer title piece by a group called Two Cellos. And they have got quite a following on uh, YouTube because this one that I'm going to play for you has uh, almost a little, almost 59 million views. 59 million views. Did you get that? 59 million views. <laughs> but it's uh, two cellos doing the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean theme.
I just want to make sure that everyone is clear. That is from the movies, The Pirates of the Caribbean, not the original attraction built at Disneyland in 1966. Uh, and the two cellos is spelled uh, the number two and C-E-L-L-O-S. You can find them on YouTube. They have got uh, videos where they've covered some ACDC, Rolling Stones, Nirvana, some classical music, and just a whole bunch of stuff. And... Uh, all the, I mean, it's all top-notch stuff, so just check them out. Three little words. You've got mail. And remember, comments or questions, you can email them directly to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com. You can uh, hit me up on the Facebook or the Instagram by following me there. Uh, sometimes some interesting stuff I post. Never know. Uh, or you can go to pipesmagazine.com and post the comment right on the radio show page, just like these fine folks do. In fact, uh, Dino and Dan every week. And Dino says, going back to last week's show, Mike was an amazing guest. The conversation showed an incredibly interesting pipe maker with a wide ranging story and a unique view of how his engineering background affects and impacts his pipe making skills. Uh, thanks for the Willie Watson tune. I remember him from the old Crow Medicine show. His beautifully plaintive voice is perfect for this genre. And then Dino says, Great rave. I agree that our friend Steve Fallon is a wonderful, generous, and giving person. I'm proud to say I know him, but if we praise him too much, he'll never get that damned cowboy hat back on. Thanks for a completely entertaining show and what you do for the JDRF. You are welcome. And I, I got to say that one of my uh, one of my complaints with Steve is that he doesn't wear a cowboy hat. He wears one of them, uh, I don't know, Indiana Jones looking fedora style things or outback hats. And, you know, if you're going to be from Texas, uh, there's got to be a fiddle in the band and you have to have a cowboy hat. And then Casey Ghost says, an entertaining show. Listening to you recommend certain aromatics was like listening to me do a win friends and influence enemies segment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it would be interesting if you could get the carver to give his age before he starts. As Dino points out, uh, Burke's engineering skill, skills are impressive, and a more detailed exposition of them might have proved very interesting. Uh, surprisingly, I really enjoyed the music with Willie Watson. I was sure his version would flop against Wilma Lee and Stoney Cooper's, but it held up very well. He really has a fine voice. And Steve Fallon is a treasure to the pipe smoking community. I know there are guys who know more about pipes, but there's nobody who has done more for the hobby. And Steve's head just got another quarter size bigger. Uh, and Dan, I will say that, uh, you know, in regards to a more detailed exposition of the engineering skills or the engineering details, um, you know, that would require me to know what to ask. <laughs> and I was... I was really kind of afraid to start getting into the real detailed engineering of a pipe or engineering of engineering. Uh, now, if he was an engineer on a railroad, then I had something to go on. Uh, anyway, and then uh, M. Dutson writes, great episode, love his pipes. Someday I will have one. That'd be nice too, yeah. Uh, and then finally, Jay Freedy says, one of your recent guests mentioned that his favorite bowl of the day was the first one in the morning with his coffee. You seem to think that that was kind of unusual. I'm here to throw in my vote with him. 
That first bowl in the morning with coffee or tea seems to be the most flavorful and relaxing bowl of the day for me as well. Have a great one. Um, yeah, I guess my, um, so my only, my only response to that is, you know, my mornings are not, I, I don't, uh, I don't wake up and bounce out of bed, shall we say. And sometimes it takes me a while to get going. So nothing is, uh, my favorite in the morning until I get going. Then once I get that coffee going and the pipe going, yeah, I'm good. I am good to go. Uh, again, come see me this upcoming weekend, uh, Friday the 13th and 14th in uh, Columbus, Ohio at the uh, NASPC Pipe Show. Uh, can't wait. Uh, really looking forward to uh, getting to a pipe show again. Can you tell? Can you tell how really excited I am about it? Uh, almost thinking about uh, picking out my clothes early, but... Hey, listen, it's a pipe show. Nobody cares what clothes you're wearing. And do not forget the Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers event is on for October 1st and 2nd of this year. So that's uh, seven, eight weeks away. And that includes blending seminars with Perry Ensign, Jeremy Reeves, and Russ Wallet. Maybe Jeremy will bring some of his honey to share. Uh, and again, go to uh, go to Conclave of Richmond Pipe org and click on the annual show or Core org. I forget what the other name is. Uh, there you'll see the schedule and the parking and transportation to get you to and from the show and make sure that, you know, hey, if you're within the area, you got to get over there. That's all there is to it. Again, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. Travel questions or concerns, hey, reach out to me. I'm happy to help. Won't charge, don't charge a thing. My opinion is freely given and my experience is freely given. All right, rant time is coming up next. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. living through strange times and we are going to come out of these strange times and there's going to be a new normal but while we are in these strange times i'm warning companies i'm warning any company that i do business with you know you might be using your your flaws are showing bigger and better and you're using the current state of the world as an excuse you're getting lazy I'll use, for example, some of the stores in the local mall where I work at the Disney store part-time. Some of those stores have just gotten used to, uh, instead of staying open the entire mall hours, they close two hours early. Uh, some stores are just getting used to not having merchandise on the shelves because there's shipping delays. Uh, some stores are getting used to not having the proper staff or training the staff that they have 
because they can't get staff in or they've had to hire so quickly that they're just happy if they have bodies in the building. Uh, some of the uh, you know some of the other businesses and uh, UPS and FedEx are a good example where they blame COVID anytime anything goes wrong or yeah your shipment is delayed why because of the world crisis. Well you know what you're using excuses now. Those excuses that you use now will be remembered in the future, and when we get to the new normal, you better get your ship sailing straight better known as get back to work i've seen this happen over and over again in companies that are getting they're just getting lazy and they're using this as an excuse instead of doing the hard work to try to manage their business they're just sitting on their laurels and going well that's the way it is you know sorry world crisis well we're going to get through it there's going to be a new normal all right so get back to work. All right. Uh, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. I look forward to seeing a lot of you this weekend in Columbus. Uh, if you could, please go over to Apple Podcasts slash iTunes slash whatever they named it this week and leave us a rating and a review. That would be absolutely wonderful and much appreciated. And uh, tell all your friends about the Pipes Magazine radio show. I'd love to see it shared on those uh, Facebook pipe groups and whatever forums you're on and Zoom groups you're on. And uh, let me know if you want me to come on your Zoom group. Yeah, reach out to me. I might you know, schedule something. I could be free. Never know. Um, I will tell you that if it's Zoom, I don't look as good as I do in your earbuds. I'm just going to warn you right there. All right. <laughs> Thank you to the Hobbiton Piper for joining me. Thank you again to Nick for sending me the Sun Bear. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. With all the talk of hobbits and pirates, I thought I was listening to that other podcast. <laughs>